swagger on point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you're repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively rave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Top, back to Black and White Podcast. I'm Daniel Negrel, obviously live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, as usual. And today we're on a roll. Today is going to be, this is going to be probably the fourth podcast in about two days, episode number 15, so we just keep moving down the line. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about today's great win against uh, Genoa, and uh, we're going to cover it you know, comprehensively like we usually do. Obviously, I've brought another guest, uh, another, I would say, first-timer. I don't want to call him new because I don't want to offend anyone, but... Uh, first time we're obviously to to a podcast um and uh yeah before i get into that as always please sub- please subscribe it's uh we're kind of we're slowly moving up guys uh hopefully we can get up to 100 maybe you know in the next couple months uh that is going to help me immensely um obviously drop a like and drop some comments don't be shy uh questions comments concerns whatever if you think uh, my camera's not in the right position, just let me know, man. Like it's it's just to make this as as good of an experience as I can for you guys. Uh, obviously, with the constraints of work that I have, but uh, but again, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, um, those are the main kind of uh, platforms that I'm using for more audio. Uh, again, subscribe, keep up to date. Obviously, if you follow my Twitter, uh, you'll have the links as soon as they drop. And uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to bring on, uh, you know, we're going to have a double dose of Daniel on this podcast, double Ds. So, uh, yeah, welcome, Dan. Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me, buddy. We've got D squared tonight. I yeah, like it's it. going to be weird because you're going to be like, hey, Daniel, how's it going? And I'm going to be like, oh, shit, wait, what the hell's going on? But, but you know, you don't hear that too often. But anyways, it's, it's um, so let, let, let's tell everyone where you're from and... Um, get into the kind of usual uh, particulars of the beginning of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, where are you from? Yeah, so I'm based in uh, Toronto, Canada. Yeah, been here, you know, born and raised. Um, big Leafs fan, off off the record. But um, Oh, God. Okay, we got to <laughs> cut the podcast, guys. Um, but uh, you, never yeah. told me, you never told me that before we started, so now we got to... Sorry, we so, got to cut that one. Sometimes I, gotta, I can't tell anyone because they're always, always never too good, you know? But, um, well, it's okay. Yeah. I'm a Bruins fan, so we've been dominating oh, you. No, Say, yeah, I can't Al, even talk, man. Yeah. Al, have a nice one, Al. But, anyways, um, yeah, no, let's. Uh, how about your heritage? Obviously, you're of Italian uh, heritage. Or where whereabouts in Italy are your family? Is your family from? 
Both of my parents are from Italy, yeah. My dad's from Abruzzo, uh, a little town in Abruzzo. My mom's from uh, Puglia, more towards the mountains there. So neither one are actually from Torino, but, uh, you know, through cousins and, and starting oh. at a young age, I became a, a Juve fan, and uh, I've stuck it, stuck with it ever since. Okay, so yeah, like you said, how you became a Juve fan, um, kind of, again, for obviously newer participants or... Uh, yeah, newer participants or new guests to the, to the show. Uh, it's been a tradition, obviously started by uh, Al, and I've really liked it. So I'm gonna just keep, I'm gonna steal his thunder and uh, yeah, tell us how you became a Juve fan. Yeah, so I was, oh man, ten, maybe even younger, and uh, you know, my dad came home with it, you know, the classic black and white stripe Juve jersey with the the fast web uh, sponsorship on it, the classic and. You know, that was my first one, and I've had one practically ever since. And I grew up, uh, you know, supporting the team. And even though they make, you know, give me a, uh, nervous, you know, every time I watch them, uh, I'm stuck with it. And uh, it's been some good memories ever since. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Juve has been a healthy provider of panic attacks. <laughs> exactly. High blood pressure, stress. <laughs> But you know it's uh, you know it's for the love of it, right? Yeah. Um, we stick how, it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, kind of again, what I touch about touch on with some other people that have obviously are more uh, you know regulars on different platforms and different shows and podcasts. Uh, so kind of the era that you were coming from obviously would have been, I would assume, the '90s or early 2000s or yeah so late 90s early 2000s you know a little bit of del piero canavaro towards the end um but even you know the older i got the more into it i got so a big marquisio fan um zambrotta as well actually even you know before 2006 before the the world cup buffon obviously um i wasn't uh, I know this might sound a little biased, but I wasn't a big Zidane fan, you know, <laughs> even before 2006. But, um, yeah, I tried to stick with, you know, try to have a couple favorite Italian players just to kind of stick with the, the heritage and, and the team. Right. Yeah. And uh, what about family? Any any family rivalries or, uh, you know, how do you usually watch? How do you usually watch your games as well? Just kind of do you like to watch them by yourself? That's kind of my preference. I'm not a big, uh, unless it's kind of a national team, like an Italian national team where we're playing in a World Cup or Euro, uh, then maybe I'll get together with uh, some some friends and family. But for the most part, uh, I like to stay in my house by myself, locked doors yeah. locked. That's but, exactly me. I can't, I can't watch it with anyone else, especially when it's, uh, you know, even even the non-important games, if it's 0-0, zero, zero, I'm, you know, on the edge of my seat trying to, Trying to get someone to score yeah. from yelling at the TV. Trying to will it, yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, my uncle is actually a, a Milan fan, AC Milan, and, you know, he, he can't really talk. God he can't really soul. chirp too much, yeah. So <laughs> it's been it's been pretty good for the past few years. So uh, hopefully we keep up uh, the, domin the domination over them, and uh, I don't have to hear him complain, so that's good. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome to hear. And uh, you know, again, everybody's got these rivalries, these different family stories. Um, I was talking to, I sent a message to um, one of my, I'll call him a uh, a fam, oh, a cousin. I'll call him a cousin. Uh, it's a little bit confusing the line how to go, but 
obviously their family uh, relations, obviously closer to my mom, but um, so I'm not sure how I, yeah, we'll call him a cousin. Anyways, so I sent him a DM about, uh, obviously they're Lazio fans and mm. um, he's like, oh, there's nothing that makes me happier than, than seeing Lazio. And I'm like, okay, it's on, <laughs> it's on. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. July 20th is still coming up. It's still yeah, coming. So. big. It's uh, it's definitely nice to hear about all these stories, different stories. Uh, with you know, I don't know if you watched, uh, if you listen to all Juve cast, but one of the, one of his guests actually took his brother's <laughs> and threw it in the garbage live. So, uh, that was pretty funny. So, but you know, just great moments like this, and you know, it's always fun to have a chat. So let's uh, let's get right yeah. into it because there's, you know, this is a pretty important month, June. Obviously, not just because of obviously restarting not because now coronavirus is kind of uh i mean it looks like it's subsiding in in europe at least uh and i think in canada too there's there's a little bit of an increase but not nothing crazy like the u.s right now Mm -hmm. but june is kind of the the month where you rectify your your financials and juve was not in a good position um we were. I know we had quite a few losses. Obviously, the number was is it wasn't determined because they don't reveal that kind of stuff until they put the financial statement out, and then we still don't. So it's all speculation of what uh, the net loss of what we actually had. Uh, about some people are saying 120, 150 million uh, euros. So quite a bit of room to make up. Um, but let's get into kind of the biggest name right right off the bat. I kind of fudged up a little bit of the numbers. So Arthur Melo, Arthur Melo obviously mm-hmm. we picked him up. We pay 72 million euros plus uh, 10 million in variables kind of bonuses. Again, those are I'm not sure how those are structured, but there's definitely room to make 10 million extra on Barcelona side. Then for Pjanic, we sold him for 60 million euros plus a 5 million bonus variable. Uh, so, you know, uh, interesting, interesting deal. Uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit higher, uh, you know, the difference between the, the numbers, but, um, you know, it is what it is. We're getting, we're still getting that big plus Valenza that, uh, that we need. And it's just going to be interesting because, you know, obviously today is going to be the last day, uh, you know. To make sure, and obviously we've hit this record number of, of outgoing, uh, or obviously of revenue coming in, but um, let's just get into uh, you know what your thoughts on this deal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the player? Obviously, for me, I've never really seen him play live, so I can't tell you. Uh, again, I uh, can't tell you. I've heard he's really good tactic, uh, you know, in terms of skill wise. But what do you think about the Arthur Melo Pjanic swap? Yeah, uh, I've seen him, you know, not a, a couple of times, and and not even like a full, uh, a full match. I think it was off the bench once or twice, and he looked good. He, he, you know, he's very, he's definitely a lot more more mobile than what we're used to in the midfield now. Uh, definitely a lot more tact- tactically and skill gifted compared to the likes of Kadira and Matuidi, which yeah. is you know pretty easy given you know their age and and what they're at um but uh i think pianich 
has given quite a lot to us for the past few years. You know, it's unfortunate to see him go, but he's, you know, pushing 30 now. He's how many more years does he have left to play, you right. know, at a, at a top level? Um, so I think it's a good move for the future. Hopefully it can make an impact starting next season. Um, I think it also depends what other moves they make this sum- come this summer. But I'm, I'm rather optimistic about him. And, yeah. uh, you know, if he's and like any, everyone else, if he stays healthy, you know, he, and he gets, you know, cons- consistent playing minutes and, you know, who knows with the likes of Ronaldo there and Dybala, maybe it could help his game. Maybe he needed, you know, a change of scenery to, you know, try something new and hopefully it right. works out well. Uh, so I'm feeling good. I feel um, the price range uh, was maybe a little high just because he hasn't really proven himself at Barca. So you're kind of playing, paying for someone that hasn't really, you know, gone above and beyond what they were expecting. And um, at the end of the day, yeah, you're paying a little more, but you're, you know, getting someone who's six, seven years younger than, than a declining Pjanic. So I think um, it's, I think it's a, a move in the right direction anyways. Yeah, I think, uh, well, in terms of the price, I think that was predetermined. I think that was a wash anyways. Um, on the last kind of pod that me and Al kind of debated, it was more of like, uh, which is obviously coming out as we as we speak. Uh, this will probably come out tomorrow. Uh, I'll try and get it out tomorrow, obviously, on Canada Day. And again, actually, I forgot to say that. Happy Canada Day to my fellow Canadians and our fellow Canadians. Um, out there, uh, have a good time. I know it's a Wednesday. Uh, if you're in Calgary, you're probably getting some shitty weather <laughs> with me. But uh, hopefully, from coast to coast, you guys are actually getting some sunshine. And you know, obviously, it is a weird day to have it in the, on a Wednesday. But whatever it is, what it is. But back to the back to the action. Um, yeah, I mean that it was kind of predetermined. Uh, you know, fees. Um, I just thought we were going to get a little bit closer to the, what they obviously there's a 12 million gap. Mm-hmm. Wow, but it, it gets bigger than that, obviously, with the bonuses in since they don't tell us what how easy those are to accomplish. Um, right. like it could be it's essentially how many games he plays, whatever. Maybe if they one is we have to win the Champions League final, the Champions League, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, they have a potential of 82 million where we're only looking at 65. Now, they obviously needed help, and we obviously needed the help as well because of our, our, our financial problems. So, again, it is what it is in terms mm-hmm. of that. As long as that's getting solved, then at the end of the day, uh, I don't mind uh, per se. Um, I just hope that this isn't the end, and yeah, that's really my only concern is that really this is the only guy that they really look into, and... Uh, Obviously, they sell, solve our books because we'll get into something a little, uh, a little later on. But uh, just talk about kind of how I see a certain number that has been thrown out and how that affects us in the future. Anyways, uh, Paratic, he was interviewed on Sky. Um, he obviously said Pjanic was a very important player for us. When this option came up, we spoke to Miralem. He told us that he was fine with us and that the only club he would leave for was Barcelona. Um, he goes on to say we got Arthur, who would be, who would, who we had been following for a long time, and who is younger than Pjanic, like you you mentioned. Um, he also talks about another player that we picked up, uh, Felix Correa, as a one-on-one winger. Uh, he's he has great talent, and uh, we've been following him for some time. So 
for us, he's more functional than Pablo Moreno, who we shipped to the, the other way. And uh, also another thing, the club has remained very close to Pirlo. Now, speaking of that, obviously, mm-hmm. as I mentioned in my last video, Andrea Pirlo is going to be the uh, new Juventus U23 coach. Um, he obviously wanted to find a Serie A club to manage, but uh, Andrea Agnelli had influence on him, and uh, he obviously has chosen us, our, our youth squad, to coach. Um, and that was reported by Tuto Sport. Um, another kind of uh, interesting thing, obviously Buffon is just one appearance away from setting the all-time Serie A uh, record for most uh, appearances. Um, yeah, I was hoping that it was going to be uh, today, but obviously yeah. we'll have to wait and see uh, when that comes down the line. I'm sure they're going to rotate at some point. I'm not sure if it'll be against Torino or against uh, you know the kind of gauntlet teams, but I definitely think he'll get in... Uh, I'm I'm thinking it'll probably be against Sassuolo. Sassuolo. Yeah, I think, I think next Sassuolo. week. Yeah, Sassuolo, I think. And uh, obviously, and more transfer news. Again, it's been a hot topic. Obviously, being the, this financial period. Uh, Ferran Torres from Valencia apparently is negotiating with Juventus. Obviously, his contract ends in June of 2021. So, uh, obviously, a, a player who can play both wings and... Um, Obviously, a young player, right? You know, I think he's 20 years old. So, yeah. Um, kind of, what do you think of those last few points that I that I, that I set up? Uh, I think I've heard I've heard a little bit of this Farhan Torres. I haven't heard, I haven't seen him much. Sorry, but I've heard everyone's been speaking very highly of him on Twitter. And I know we're a little a little short on the wings, so that could be something good for you know, like 20, 21 years old, whatever he is. Right. Good for the future. And um, like I was, I was saying, I was talking, have a conversation with someone on Twitter about this that it could potentially mean with Kulavisky also coming in, it could be the end maybe for Douglas Costa at Juve, maybe to cash in on him, try to move that money to uh, put it towards a center forward or a right back, you know, because yeah. we have other needs as well. Um, I like I like the Pirlo signing for the the U23 team. Uh, he didn't really have any experience to you know, to be a, a big team coach, which is probably why he maybe didn't get any offers or no offers that suited him. So I think this would be a good stepping stone for him. You know, maybe right. in the future he can take over uh, the big team. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this summer with the ins and outs of, you know, who's coming and going. Yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah. yeah, let's get into some more of that. I'll uh, just... Go down a few more points, and we'll see what you what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, more sources saying that uh, Pellegrini will return to Juve. I don't believe so, but they're also evaluating obviously Emerson Palmieri of Chelsea, um, and while David Alaba was offered by his agents, um, obviously in the midfield Zaniolo and Pogba, but the costs are high. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aore from Lyon. And Jorginho remain options, while in attack, Milik and Jimenez are linked. Um, in terms of Kumbula, the defender of Verona, it seems like uh, Romeo Agresti is saying that uh, Juve slipped away in that race. Um, Al was telling me yesterday that he's think that he was hearing Lazio mm-hmm. is uh, was was linked with him. Um, and then again, someone like Ferran Torres, again, this is obviously from Romeo Agresti, uh, likes Juventus. He still hasn't extended his contract. 
Um, Juve already have Kulos FC, like you said. Um, but they would have to sell Douglas Costa and Bernardeschi. Uh, but you never know. I guess mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Then yeah. uh, Christian Romero, obviously, is going to be remaining on loan. They had to do a lot of these uh, little extensions because, obviously, the contracts were set to end uh, at the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, so, definitely, that's been extended. And, obviously, Kulusevsky's obviously been extended to stay at Parma until the end of the season. So, we won't be seeing him. And I don't even know necessarily if they'd be allowed to play. I was kind of look thinking about that because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, why don't we bring back Pellegrini or why don't we bring back um, someone like Romero or any of these guys?" Right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if it's just even it would be even allowed because of how it's set up, the season set up, and obviously now the games have been moved past what the season should have been ended, or well, the season should have been ended by now, by now. So. Right. I'm not sure uh, how that yeah, would have worked or if it would have been allowed or not. So, Yeah, would they be club-tied to the teams we're with now? Like, I don't really know yeah, how that would work either. So I think that's why we're hearing a lot of that um, is because of probably a stipulation saying that they can't play because we could use a lot of these players, you know, as extra guys, right? I was, I was going to say, like, Pellegrini would be a good help, especially with their injuries at the left, but I feel like him staying... Uh, Actually, for all of them staying where they are is probably the best thing for the next, you know, month or two. Right. Uh, just, just same system. You know, been playing with these guys all year. Might as well just, you know, get as much playing time as you can for the rest of the year, and then make the adjust into the the new season. Yeah. So um, let's get into the capital gain. So this is kind of what I was saying. We'll touch on later. Uh, so it looks like Juve's made 160 million euro capital gains, which is a record. Obviously. New transfer window begins. Uh, this is obviously coming from Romeo Agresti. I don't know if that's necessarily true because I've heard that the transfer window is obviously going to get moved. So we'll see what that's all about. Um, but yeah, the Pjanic transfer is the second highest capital gain of the Andrea Agnelli era, the third ever to- uh, of all time. And uh, yeah. 160 million euros. Now, this is kind of what I want to get into because I've obviously I discussed with Albert. Obviously, you're not going to hear what he said, but I'd have, I've discussed with Albert. I've discussed with Juve Club. Uh, I've talked about I've talked about this with Al numerous times, various podcasts before. Um, you look at this 160 million, right? Now, if we were obviously a net loss, that 160 million you could say probably covers us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it puts us back in the positive, which is what we needed because you couldn't be over a 30 million net loss over, uh, three consecutive seasons. So we already, I believe we're at 30 million, obviously the half, the statement of, uh, like the half financial statement, which came out at the end of December of 2019 said we were down another 50 or the net loss was 50 million. So Let's just assume that's cleared up. Now, obviously, like everyone's saying, this new transfer window's coming up, whether it be immediately now July 1st or if it's moved, it's shifted till the end of the season, which will then extend to the new season. Um, you know, are we just going to be this club now that is going to be buying players? I want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to use the word recklessly, but I do want to use the word recklessly. 
Um, and then running up a tab and then having to deal with this like every year. You, 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 what do you think about that? Uh, uh, I, think, I think that's kind of who Juve are at this point, you know. You know, they just buy – You see, how many times have we seen they buy young players and they buy, you know, some players that maybe not even make an appearance for the team and then they're sold a couple years later for, you know, to make money back or financial gain, whatever it is. Um, but I think it depends on what they're trying to trying to do because obviously right now they're trying to win now. They're trying to set up, you know, we got to win now. We have Ronaldo for the next year. Um, we got to try to make the team better now. So if, if that's their goal, then they got to go out and sign players that are going to help the team now. And of course, that's not going to be cheap. Um, but then again, like you said, it's going to hurt them, you know, next year, the year after, so on and so forth. So they need to be, I think they need, they can spend and they will. They just got to spend it um, smartly, you know, in the right areas. Um, so we'll see, like, there's even talks of, the, of getting rid of Christian Romero already, you know, not even playing a right. game, selling him for a profit. So... Uh, this yeah, this summer's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think every every guy that gets subbed on for Juve now is probably going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about Olivieri later, but he's probably gone. Muratore is gone. Yep. Um, Pellegrini, I think, is going to go because he'll probably fetch uh, a big number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult for me because I think you set a dangerous precedent because when you look at it. In terms of, okay, it's fine if you do that, but the precedent is you have to win yeah. Champions League because you got to bring in those high revenues, right? And every time, like you look at what Juve's tried to do in the past couple of years, every time, every time we tried to do that, we got knocked out mm-hmm. early. So that's why then you have to get this massive uh, fissure in the locker room of who the hell we have to send out. And so, I don't know. I just, I don't like these things. They're, they're kind of like the new, uh, what do they have? The, the, it's like the new co-ownership deals that they used to have in the, in the yeah. past. And I think it's like, really, if you're inflating, you know, okay, if, if a team's willing to buy what you're, you know, the price of something, whether it be stocks, whether it be cars, is what you're willing to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um just in general, right? Talking about prices, but obviously you can like shake hands, pat each other on the back, or you know, scratch. I scratch your back, you scratch my back, and you know, then where do we go with this? <laughs> Are we selling like fourteen-year-olds for like a hundred million because it makes sense? You know what I mean? Like, it's where a risky do you, game. It's where do you draw the line? So that's kind of what I'm worried about with this now, kind of really opening up. And uh, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot more teams trying to do it if they have to. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, speaking about these players, obviously, Steffi Mavididi was sold outright to Montpellier for $6.3 million. Obviously, uh, Juventus signed Felix Correa for $10.5 million, uh, which is going to be paid over the next financial year. Obviously, the players signed a five-year deal. And Pablo Moreno was sold to City for $10 million. And that's usually how the swaps work, right? You, you, you're setting an amount. Um, I just don't know why they just set it at 10. Like, this is what I don't understand. It's like, well, if that's the case, then just say, yeah, they're giving me 30 and I'm getting 60 and they're getting 60. Like, yeah. wh- what's, what's the point of, like, that's what I don't understand. But 
I think, and I think it's, uh, you know, creative financials, a creative accounting, if you want to call it that. But um, I guess we'll have to see what happens in the future. Obviously, this one, this transfer, or this swap, whatever you want to call it, is going to be uh, net us a positive uh, of 7.6 million euros for obviously the plus Valenza. Um, that of obviously different charges that need to be paid, but 7.6 million we're getting from off of that transfer. So, but anyways, yeah, that's kind of a, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts on kind of what's going on lately in the news? Um, I, I, I wish I knew more about this uh, Korea guy from Man City. Um, I heard he's supposed to be one of Portugal's top talents or young promising talents, but they also said that about Moreno coming from right. from Barca. Uh, or from their youth, and you know, he's supposed to be a great scorer, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a year later, he shipped out. So, like like we said, they bring in these guys, and, you know, you never get to see them, so you don't ever actually know if they're going to be any good or not. So uh, I guess we keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully he pans out, or if not, they're, he's going to be sold anyways. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but let's get into this match already. Um, yeah. Juve Genoa, obviously, uh, we started out with the 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. As uh, kind of expected, um, obviously tech and goal, Quadrado on the right, Mattia De Ligt, obviously Leonardo Bonucci and Danilo on the left-hand side. Then you had um, Rabio in the left mid, obviously your, your holding was uh, Pjanic, holding mid was Pjanic, and then you had Bentancur on the right, obviously up top, Ronaldo on the left, ball in the middle, Bernadeschi on the right-hand side, right-wing side. Um what did you think about that lineup? What have you thought about our lineup? Obviously, using this four-three-three. I like I like that uh, Sarri's kept the consistent three up top. I think they've they've started to gel and meshed over the past few games. They've scored some incredible goals. Um, I think uh, Bernardeschi is finally getting a little bit of his confidence back, playing in in a consistent role, playing with some top talent. You know, it's it's tough for a young player to come in and out of the lineup and play in different positions and try to find your groove that way. So right. I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, Benton Kerr has been, you know, wonderful all season, in my opinion. He's been our best midfielder by miles. Uh, Rabiot was okay today. I didn't think he was he was terrible. He was he's I think he's getting a little better. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm not a big Danilo fan, so I can't really say like he didn't play bad today. But then again, Genoa didn't really test him or test the back line pretty much at all. I didn't think they played particularly well. Um, if you look at looking at the whole team, uh, obviously, then Genoa went in a three-five-two formation, which we're pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Perin uh, was back in goal with Genoa. Obviously, they're number one now. Obviously, like you said, Christian Romero was on the right hand, right defender of the three. Mm-hmm. You had Sumaro in 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 the middle and Maziello on the left hand on the left position. Um, then you had Guglione, Berami, Scone, who was obviously, you know, it's funny how these English, uh, these fucking commentators, man, every time, every, it's all negative news. It's always, it's always a, a dig. Uh, every game, it's either you're listening to the national team or you're listening to, the <laughs> and it's like, yes, let's go back to the 1932 World Cup where Italy got <laughs> seven nothing by North Korea. It's like, dude. Chill, calm. So, Scone, if you didn't know, was on the IX team that beat us last year. Yeah, just an FYI, everyone. Exactly. Um, and then they also had, uh, you know, uh, 
one of uh one of the the green to legends, Sturaro, obviously in the <laughs> in the center mid there, and then Casata on the left as the as their left mid, and then obviously up top Pinamonti and uh, Favili, uh, obviously some former players, a lot mm. of former players in that squad, uh, either youth or uh, you know obviously the the main team, but um, yeah, I was definitely interested to see how they were gonna play this game. Um, Kind of my thoughts before the game were, uh, I thought they were gonna. I thought it was gonna be a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah. Obviously, when you look at the game, it actually seemed like Jenna was was not that great of it. They did not come out today. Um, they were kind of lazy in in the uh, in the counter, and they were sitting really deep, like real fucking deep, and I couldn't believe it because. When I started looking at our wingers and our like, obviously the wingers and the fullbacks, they just had mountains of space to get around there, and and even then we still couldn't really produce from our fullbacks. That's yeah. kind of one of my disappointments. But uh, let's kind of go, let's go minute by minute. Um, we'll kind of, I'll kind of bring up some, uh, you know, about 25, 30 minutes at a time. I'll bring up some of the things that happened in the match, and we'll kind of go over, we'll go over it, obviously. The obviously both halves. So, mm-hmm. you know, first for the fourth minute, I thought, um, you know, that we we had some good passing. We were looking like uh, the link up was uh, a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Genoa was pressing uh, and they were trying to counter us, uh, but they get an early yellow and you're kind of like, okay, well, this could be interesting. Now, six minute yellow card. You don't usually yeah. see that one. So, um, and, but, you know, UV was kind of still clumsy, you know, this is what I've been noticing, you know, in these beginning, these opening games were kind of a little bit slow and we're allowing these other teams to press us and almost take advantage. Now, I don't think there was pressing as well as Lecce were. And I, and I think obviously Lecce gassed out, plus they had a red card, but, you know, they were still, they were still, um, they were making, uh, a little bit of a difficulty for us, but, you know. I think what was noticeable for me, at least, was the ability. Obviously, in the tenth minute, we made a nice counter. We actually countered Genoa and, and moved down down the pitch with some great link up passing. Um, let's see. Yeah, no. Uh, what was this? Twelfth winning. So yeah, definitely we're we're winning a lot of balls back, and mm-hmm. that's what I mentioned. It just didn't seem like Genoa was was there at times. Their passing was sloppy. Um, and they were definitely getting picked off quite a bit. Uh, what did you think about the first twelve minutes, kind of, of the game? I was I was gonna say I think around or roughly when that first yellow card came out, or, or maybe just after that, it just seems like they kind of def- they got deflated. They stopped pressing as much. They stopped some of their passes were loose. Um, I was like I was kind of expecting a little more from Genoa, like like you said. Uh, I didn't like I, I'm almost certain they're a better team than than the way they actually played today because I don't think yeah. for a, a solid chunk they were just pinned back you know take you know holding trying to hold on the pressure um yeah Juve the first 12 minutes they didn't dominate too much but they kind of grew into the game I feel um yeah. they, they strung some passes together you know they switched the ball well um they didn't they didn't turn over the ball too often as the game progressed which was is always a positive and um, I thought our midfield was was decent. 
and Genoa's was uh, not very like they didn't not very good tackles, not very good passes. They were kind of just they were just kind of loose and clumsy. I felt. Yeah. So obviously, 14th minute, Matias the Licht was in the box. Obviously, he got taken down. Well, uh, it was off a corner. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been happening quite a bit. To me, it's too soft. We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to set a standard. And you know, some of these uh, kind of interventions in the in the box are, at least for me personally, a little too much. It kind of looked like his hand kind of grazed his back. I don't know. I agree, <laughs> but the, the thing is, they got to stay consistent with these calls, right? That's, yeah, exactly. that's the that's the toughest thing. And that's what I went over with Juve Club. I said, I said, make it as hard as possible to get a penalty. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be easy. Yeah, you know? I agree. Because at the end of the day, it's almost like a layup to score. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, it's questionable. Some people say, no, it's a lot harder. For the most part, it's a layup once once you're at the spot. Well, it helps um, when you have, you know, top penalty takers right. as well, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. So I think, you know, it was it was the right call. I thought, you know, it was a little soft. I think the lick should have kind of played through that, but... But now it's happened a few times, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in the in the in the, in the future. Um, again, something that I've noticed, just you know, when you have the ball on the left hand side with Ronaldo, I find he really likes to hold the ball for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and he really overthinks. Like I'm looking at some plays, and I'm just like, you know, just dish the ball, stop thinking about it, and. <sighs> He'll he'll do his dri- he'll do his dribbles and his stepovers. One noticeable one that I'm just thinking about right now is the one to Rabiot who was beside him. <sighs> he like stepovers it and he like flicks it with the with the well, he kind of like back heels it over and it's like we really lost all of the opportunity yeah, that he had all the momentum going forward by you doing some stupid trick because they knew the ball was going to him as soon as you stopped. So yeah. it's like. And me and Al, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going back and forth about this, you know, and Alexandro and, and his role. And, you know, to be quite frank, I don't see this need for fullbacks the way that he, I think, is perceiving that we need. If you look at all the goals we've scored, when has it ever been from a cross or even a ball put in from out wide? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're if you're saying that we need a guy as a decoy to make a run, um, that's one thing. But you know, to say that Alexandro is like not—I mean—and he's injured. We'll see when he comes back, right? It's kind of tough to say. Uh, argue a point when a guy hasn't really played these past few games. But you know, you look at these teams. You, like I like like I explained earlier, they were sitting so deep, and you could literally go around them. Yeah. I don't know. They were deep and they were narrow, so it was it, like that's why I was I was shocked. I was like, "What did the coach? What did the, what was their coach telling them? Like, they weren't really pressing us hard to get win the ball back in counter. They were just kind of like laying down and like kind of backing off and just letting us do our thing. So you know, you look at the fullbacks, right? And they were trying to get up there, and you know, they would make some runs and then they would sky the ball over. And I don't think we've had uh, a chat, or I don't think there's been a contribution from the fullbacks in terms of this link-up play where we're, we're, we're centering the ball and someone's getting on the end of it and scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I just, I don't see it, you know, and when I look at the left-hand side with Ronaldo, again, like I said, it's a slow, it doesn't matter who's there. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, DeShilio and thing were doing fine. Yeah, but they also let guys make runs on the defensive end. So when you go up against a team that's actually clinical and you get buried three, four goals because your fullbacks are incompetent, um, then that's when it's going to show you, like, I hate using examples of like playing teams like, you know, the teams where it, it showed exactly how it doesn't matter who was in there was obviously the Milan and Napoli Coppa Italia games. But when we've played these teams that were kind of like open or lackadaisical, I would say, kind of just laying down in, for defeat, like I believe Genoa did today, um, you can't really use those because the runs you're making are not really challenged, you know? Right. I agree. They're just kind of they're they're letting us do what we want. So, and you look at the times where we've held the ball and and nothing really happened. So, honestly, I want to get away from that, like uh, that Allegri ball that fucking cross it in all every game, run it down the field. I think that has no place. I've from what I've seen, obviously in this game, we've looked so good with our link up, so good. You see yeah. the different plays. Obviously, Dybala making the run off of his first goal. Obviously, we will get there. Um, what else did I? What else were some key notes that I wrote down? Um, yeah, obviously gives us so much space. Um, 39th minute, Genoa had a very, and that's another thing. They had a very good chance where they cut us wide open. Obviously, their forward was a little bit offside. Yeah, um, and that nullified that a chance but they definitely had some balls that cut us open and again it it comes down to the wingers not being able to you know realize where to go and you have a guy like Cuadrado who's obviously he's played really well for us and he's done a good job but he's not your he's a right winger he's not he's not a right back okay so he doesn't necessarily and again on their goal that they scored he kind of left the guy wide open and he got burnt, right? Even though it was, I would say that was a, a total effort because, you know, you look at how it started with Ramsey and then how uh, Bonucci completely missed the ball yeah. and then Cuadrado uh, eventually doesn't even touch the guy and he walks in and scores. It was like three mistakes of one after another, right, to him. Exactly. It was a nice goal in the end. I'm not going oh, yeah. to deny oh, yeah. the finish, yeah. Um, so we kind of get into late first half. Again, we'll kind of bring it back. Um Obviously, Dybala had a. Um, he, uh, I saw that he gave a Ronaldo an amazing like ball. Fucking, he bangs it. Obviously, P- Perrin was on point this mm-hmm. half. Uh, he had to make uh, quite a few big saves. Um, and then, as usual, Danilo steps up with another stupid foul, and just That's a given. You think about it, you're just like, dude, like chill. We're uh, we can't go through this with you again. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I found at the end of the half, um, Genoa was kind of looking for something. But again, their quality wasn't there. And they did make a little bit of a push, but nothing nothing really uh, big time. And then, again, Bonucci's stupid yellow right at the end of the half. I'm like, dude, like, why are you going into the back of some guy when he's going nowhere? Yeah. Uh, just, again, sometimes you shake your head. Um, but then we go into the halftime, and I'm like, well... You'd think maybe Genoa would kind of try and open it up a little bit and 
not sit so deep and press a little, maybe take a little, a couple more chances. But second half, same thing, man. Um, I think they were even worse back, in the second. Oh yeah, it was hor- horrendous. Um, obviously, 49th minute. I believe uh, Cuadrado had the ball on the right-hand side, laid out it off to Dybala, and he just makes magic, dribbles through about three, four players, and just slots at home. Obviously, made it look some... so easy, too. Yeah, exactly. And obviously there was some talk about if Perrin could have saved him, but I just think it was just too good and, you know, give the, the goalie a little bit of a, the benefit. He did make a lot of the saves, and uh, it is Dybala. It's not like you're talking about a, just a, a slouch going over there. And just... Yeah. Happen one in, but Kareem yeah, saved awesome. him in the first half anyway. So exactly, if, if it wasn't that one, it would have been another one. Yeah, and then again, just more kind of you know dominance after that. It kind of started from there, and you know this is kind of like when when Ronaldo fans get at me, or you know when I get on Ronaldo, it's because of just his behavior in general and kind of how he acts on the pitch. Now, when I see him in the, in this in this goal that this this banger that he scored, I see him running at the actual defenders. Like, I don't see, I don't, I, I don't know what got over him, but it was perfect. He grabbed up, he picked up the ball with, with confidence, pure confidence, and just slammed it, just lashed it home. And I, I couldn't believe that. That yeah. was, uh, that was definitely uh, surprised me. Obviously I watched it a little bit later. I knew who scored, but um, uh yeah, I know that was crazy, and there was a lot of talk, obviously, when I, while I was working today, about what was going on during the game. But uh, yeah, man, it was crazy. That that's kind of what I what I want. Um, you know, Pjanic. Yeah, you want to see more of that? Pjanic got the assist on that one, and I think he had a he had a better game. But another thing too, did you notice how high Pjanic was sitting compared to other games we've played? Yeah. So how I much did. closer he was? Obviously, in in previous games, he was he was like almost at the half circle distributing the ball. Today he was like, what two three meters outside the outside the box, for sure. So, and I think that that comes because of Genoa just sitting back and and letting them you know kind of sit there all game, right? If you're if you're playing a team. Uh, like you know, Inter who runs the same formation, you you won't you won't see Pjanic be doing that. It's it's like you said, Genoa kind of pretty much sat down and was ready for the defeat almost. You know, thirty minutes so, into the match. So that's why I get into it with like these different players because you know we've seen these teams kind of. Uh, obviously, we've been fortunate with the with the red cards and stuff like that. But that's why I get into saying, okay, guys, well let's let's reserve our expectations a little bit because, you know. Look at where players are, and then look at the teams that we're gonna have to play. Yep. And we have been, you know, not necessarily perfect in the first half. I'd say today was a little bit more cohesive uh, first half. Obviously, zero zero again, but um, definitely the link up was a lot better. Probably the best team effort out of these stretch of games. Uh, obviously, the restart I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so great goal by CR seven. Um, happy to see that. Obviously, it wasn't a penalty, so again, that's <laughs> something that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, 66 minute, Douglas Costa comes on for Bernardeschi, and I think it was an ex- excellent substitute. Um, just brought on uh, touch, pace, uh, fire, intensity, mm-hmm. you name it. And 
you know, it's tough. There's, there's been a lot of debate on whether he should start or not. And obviously because of his injury concerns and obviously because what he brings to us, but he's definitely shown a lot for us. And um, especially in this game, especially in the last uh, game. But uh, yeah, what do you think? What are you thinking about Douglas Costa? I thought he played well today. And, and the thing with him is that he shows spurts of class, of skill, of, you know, great plays. But from what I've noticed, when he does start a match, you don't see that throughout the whole match from him. You see it, you know, here and there. And that's the problem with him because when you when you start someone like Bernardeschi over him, you know you're getting a good defensive effort from him as well. Someone who can play with the rest of the team, make the easy passes, make right. spaces for other ones, uh, for other players, sorry. And... Costa is someone who needs the ball pretty much all the time to be special, right? Yeah. To make a pass, to, to dribble around a few players. If he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't do he doesn't do much, in my yeah. opinion. So, along with that, um, and I just think he's a he's a good weapon to have off the bench. You know, when he's coming in 56, 55, 60 minutes in, you know the def- the defense. Yeah, he's fresh. He's got quick legs. The defense is starting to tire. You know, he can expose them with his feet. You know, with his pace, and that could that could definitely be you know a benefit. Um, you know, to, to to change the game later on, right? Right. Uh, so I, I like I like him as a sub. I think. Yeah. So then you know about what would that be? Seven minutes later, obviously uh, DiBala keeps the ball in play and uh, lays it off to uh, DC, and Flash just curves it like yeah. top corner man, and the dip on that thing, it just. It went all the way up, and I'm surprised it still came back down, and he placed it perfectly. And um, I don't know if you saw Bears tweet, but uh, you showed a picture of Vince McMahon getting excited. Three, oh, obviously, if you've seen the uh, what happened in the actual yes. Vince McMahon moment, <laughs> but uh, he goes obviously after DiBala's goal, Ronaldo's goal, and then obviously to Gus Costa. So, shout out that was that was pretty hilarious out there. So, but um, yeah, no. Uh, Definitely from there, I, I, I would say it was sealed. Again, we yes. still continue to push. Obviously, just after that, um, Ramsey and Higuain comes on for, I believe, uh, yeah, Ronaldo does get put sent to the bench. So mm-hmm. I was quite shocked. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's interesting, you know, actually conserving his legs. And, you know, he's played every game so far. So yeah. I'm not sure why... It took this long, but, you know, it's good to see it now. Obviously, Pjanic comes off uh, for Ramsey, and Iguain gets some more minutes to kind of get his legs back under him. Um, but then, yeah, like we talked about a little bit earlier, three of the three mistakes that led to the general goal. And, um, yeah, it was unfortunate because uh, I would have liked to have had that clean sheet. But, um, oh, well, um, I guess lesson learned. Hopefully they can look back at it, and that's... I, I I see, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna let's say sell one of the two of like Bernardeschi or Douglas Costa or whatever, I definitely need to see Quadrado going back up to the right wing. Um that's kind of one of my main things. Uh he, again, he's another guy that if you put pull him off the bench, he can add a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh or if you start him, he can also add a lot. And I just don't think he's got the the capabilities um that we need for a guy to be uh you know because he's gonna bomb up the pitch all the way he's not just going from you know half and and on uh as a right winger he's definitely 
needing to put in more work. So he's expending more energy. And, you know, again, through a whole game, he's he's going to be burnt out, right? So definitely, guys, we need to work on that right back. I know everybody's been talking about but we definitely need to get a new right back and someone who's solid. Yeah. I think would say defensively, but also can, you know, mix it in on the attack. But um, definitely um, unfortunate that they, they scored that one. Um, obviously... For the 83rd minute, then we get some more subs. Again, like I said, it was pretty jack, pretty casual after that, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we kind of took control and we're just sitting, you know, I would say kind of wasting time. We had some plays and not, but uh, Matuidi comes on and Olivieri comes on, the kid. And actually, I'm, li- I'm liking this. I'm liking seeing these guys. I don't know if this is maybe, like I said before, the signal that means they're gone, but... Uh, Maybe that's the, the the silver bullet there is getting subbed on for your first appearance. They're getting showcased before they shipped out. Yeah, exactly. So uh, obviously Rabio and, and Dybala came off. And I want to point out uh, Rabio having a very good performance today. He was way more involved, way more yep. attentive. Link up was way better. Um, and uh, 85th minute, a little bit of a scare. Ramsey just gives this wacky ball to Tech. And thankfully they were able to clear it and, and no harm, no foul. Because that could have been interesting, you know, 3-2. You know, you open up the game at that point. But, mm-hmm. um, and then 89th minute, I just saw, you know, something notable. Just a great sequence between uh, a few players. Just look, you got a real good glimpse of what Sari wants. Uh, if you go back and check that out. Um, definitely, uh, definitely one of the key kind of triangulation and sadismo, if you want to call it that. Uh, happened in the 89th, and I believe Douglas Costa, now that I remember, gave a wicked ball right right to uh, Iguain, I believe it was, uh, right at the end, and it was just, uh, I don't know what the hell, the, he had the sauce tonight, cause, or, well, I guess then, which would have been tonight in in, uh, in Italy, but uh, yeah, no, it was crazy, but that's it for, you know, minute by minute. Um, so who do you think was the, who do you think was the worst player or players or obviously who needs the most improvement if you want to if you don't want to have it a, a, as a negative connotation <laughs> that's a that's a tough one um from Juve I'm gonna as much as I appreciate Quadrado taking the responsibility to play right back I think he's the one who's obviously needs more um more practice and, and understanding of the position uh, that that goal that went right by him was kind of unfortunate, yes. But even when I, he's he's in good positions in the offensive zone uh, or the offensive half, and he's just he's looking to put in a cross, and he just bombs one. It's like yeah. it's not close to anyone. It just seems like an absolute waste of a chance. Um, and it's just he's got to be better than that. I, I know he can be. I know he can sure. definitely. You know, make a, a spot on pass, especially when you have you know the likes of Ronaldo in the boss uh, in the box. If you can hit him, you know, his chances are he's putting a header on target, right? Um, I think that's a, a few things he needs to work on. He's very good with his feet. He seems to get himself out of trouble a lot, which which helps. But then again, if you're playing a, a top opponent, you know, like if you, uh, Champions League, Inter, Napoli, whoever it may be. You know they're gonna they're gonna learn how Quadrado plays and then he's gonna be in trouble when it comes to, you know to the defensive aspects of being a right back. So 
like you said, I don't think he's the answer going forward. Um, sure, he's great to have, you know, for a depth, you know, a, a bench player of, you know, for some depth. Um, but I think that's one area we need to look at in the in the summer. Yeah. From yeah. Uh, from Genoa, uh, I think that whole back line was very disappointing. To be honest, they oh, just, you didn't you didn't have to go into Genoa, but hey, that worked. Yeah, they were more yeah, con- but, more yeah, content. To be to be specific, yeah, that whole back line, especially on the the, the Dybala and Douglas Costa, all three goals really, they just gave them way too much space to have to have a strike on on target, and it cost them, right? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Now, how about the the best player of the game? Um, obviously, for me, uh, like I said before, I think the full the fullbacks were the, were the downfall for Juve. Um, I just think they didn't really add anything. It was just going through the motions as we were putting some balls in behind their defense or putting the ball out wide. It was really, it was really uh, useless. I mean, using them obviously, Cuadrado was obviously the player that directly gave the ball to DiBala, so he was up there. But it was nothing that a run was producing that that pass to DiBala where then right. he scores. So I wouldn't say that they were, you know, they weren't really causing any. Uh, damage uh, up the 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 flanks at least, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, no. For best player uh, or best players, uh, I'd have to go DiBala, Douglas Costa, Ronaldo. Um, just incredible uh, performance uh, from all of them. I think DiBala was probably man of the match again, um, just because he, overall, generally, he's uh, he's the guy. Um, yeah. He's uh, like I said last year. He comes on and or he starts. Obviously, now he's starting. Last year he's coming on because of Num Nuts Allegri. But um, please, please find. Obviously, I forgot to say. I didn't say this last time with Al. Please find a new team because I need you to get in. Start getting embarrassed that you didn't get a Champions League caliber team like we gave you, and you freaking cost us two years of uh, of shit that we had to go through. And now I want you to suffer. So, anyways, um, yeah, no, Dybala, I think, man of the match. What, what about I, yourself, Daniel? I agree with that, for sure. I think he was involved, you know, practically throughout the whole game. He was involved creating opportunities, passes. Um, he's, I think, and I've said this before, I think he's been Juve's best player this year. Um, you know, Ronaldo has come in clutch. Yes, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you've, you've pretty much come to expect that from Ronaldo game in and game out now. So there's some games where he's kind of fallen under the radar and hasn't done as much as we expect. So I think, in those, especially in some of the big games, Dybala has really stepped up. So I think he was, yeah, he my man in match as well. Yeah. Uh, let's get into player ratings then. Kind of hand in hand with what we talked about. Uh, starting off, Tech, um, I got to say... Seven because really he had nothing to do all yeah. game, barring I think maybe one save um, or a couple saves if they if they were even recorded them. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, uh, he really had a sleep. He really didn't earn his money today, if you want to call it that. But anyways, yeah, he had an easy day for sure. So what do you give Tech seven as well? Yeah, I, I just think that's fair. All right, so now let's go, obviously, the defensive line, Cuadrado, Bonucci, Delict, Danilo. Starting from Cuadrado, what is, what is your, your, uh, your rating? I'm going to give Cuadrado a six, just based on his, I agree. Uh, his poor passes. And, you know, unfortunately, the, he was the last one that the ball came through on their goal, so that, that counts as well. It hurts him yeah. as well. Uh, Delict, 
I think he was a solid seven, seven and a half. I agree. Uh, Bonucci, the yellow card kind of took away, kind of ruined his performance a little bit. So six and a half. And Danilo, uh, you could hardly saw him all game. So, you know, five and a half, six max. Yeah, yeah, I agree with I agree with most of what you had to say. The only thing I give Bonucci a six because yes, one with that dumb yellow card that he should never be taking. Yeah. Because if that's a Champions League and he's on a card already or whatever, there's possibility where he's missing a game. That's gonna cost us, and that was just stupid to take that. And then he just completely, I don't, he just biffed on that that ball yeah. that came across. Good call. And I was like, and I mean, nothing. I mean, whatever he slipped, whatever, but. You know, obviously we're up three nothing, but um, yeah, fuck, that was not good at all. So I'll give a six. Again, he was generally pretty good the whole game, but uh, whatever. And again, he wasn't tested much either, like we right. said. Right, exactly, exactly. Okay, next, Bentancur, Pjanic, Rabiot. Bentancur, uh, seven and a half for me. I thought he was, you know, well involved, made the easy plays, good defensively, covered well. Um, Pjanic, Six and a half. He wasn't too bad today. I thought it was one of his better games, actually, since since the the return. Um, he was in some decent positions, made some decent passes, but then again, didn't do, you know, anything too crazy or, you know, right. anything unreal. Um, and Rabiot, uh, six and a half. He was he was well involved today. He was making some you know some little runs up the left hand side with Ronaldo there. Uh, was fine defensively. Yeah, he was. Right. He was. Uh, I was somewhat impressed with him today. Yeah, for me, the three, the three midfield, the three mids. I'm gonna go six and a half each because I would say Benton Coor is our standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I wouldn't say he had a hell of a performance today. He he had a good performance today, Benton Coor, um, in terms of my opinion. Um, and all of those guys met the standard, so I would give him the same. Uh, Rabio had a way better game. Was in gate was engaged. Was in uh, added something when we needed it. Uh, didn't just wasn't throwing random balls away for the most part. Um, didn't kind of seem asleep the whole uh, while he was out there and was kind of like it. I found that in the last game it just seemed like he was in autopilot the whole time. Um, and then Pjanic obviously because he was able to, you know go in a high go play in a higher role because of like I said what well, we keep talking about this this Genoa team that just seemed to lay back lay back so mm-hmm. it definitely helps when he's allowed to do that but again a lot of other teams a lot of smarter teams a lot of teams that you know come to win uh, nullify that and make us play from a lot further out so again uh, six and a half for all three of those guys uh, Bernardeschi Dybala Ronaldo Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Daniel. I'm gonna say Bernardeschi was. Uh, I'll give him. I'll give him a six and a half, just because he was. You know, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't as involved as Ronaldo and DiBala, and they, you know, solid nines for them because they played a hell of a game. Um, but Bernardeschi wasn't bad either. So, yeah. Damn, those are those are some high marks. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, today was probably the best game I've seen Ronaldo play since the return. And Dybala, you know, his goal kind of really turned the tide. I think, you know, he scored at a crucial moment. And then a few minutes later, Ronaldo pretty much sealed it. Right. Once it was 2 nothing. it was 
pretty much game over after that. But his off, uh, off individual brilliance, right? Like, yes, exactly. And so. that's really what I think makes the difference for me. Uh, I agree. Bernardeschi, 6.5. Uh, Dybala, I'd give him a 9. And Ronaldo, 8.5. Just because, again, you give him a little bit lower. Because uh, you can't give someone a nine and then give the man of the match nine. I mean, I guess if it's, I guess if it's really close, but I'm not gonna do that. So, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Douglas Costa? I would give him. I'm gonna say he's a seven this game, yeah. obviously because of the goal. And uh, again, it wasn't a full game, so it's not like you can. The body of work is a little bit smaller, but I still think was good enough uh, when we needed him to be. And uh, like I mentioned before, he was he had some pretty great passes, some pretty great link-up, obviously a great goal, uh, unbelievable goal. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's my ranking for Douglas Costa. I think a seven is, is fair. Uh, what about Ramsey? Uh, like, when he came off the bench, I didn't. He didn't do too much at that point. The game was pretty much over anyway, so he w- didn't seem like he had his, you know, usual intensity. So I'd give him a, I'd give him a six. Like yeah. he didn't do anything bad. He didn't do anything great. So it was kind of just an average performance. I, I think. agree. He didn't do as much as he was doing last game against yeah. Lecce. That's for sure. And then obviously exactly. you had that, him just getting turned by a defender, which then turns into the goal. Uh, I agree. I think Iguain. I'm going to go the same. I'm just going to give him a six. Mm-hmm. Nothing really out of the ordinary. It's more of just getting, gaining some minutes, gaining some fitness, seeing uh, the field, obviously, because we're in that obvi- that uh, opportunity. Matuidi, same thing. Standard for me, six. And Olivieri, uh, I'm going to give him a uh, six because... I think it was kind of just again getting legs, debut, yeah. uh, you know, seeing getting some minutes uh, for someone who obviously hasn't been on the first team uh, at all. So it's always good to throw guys on that you're gonna sell. But anyways, <laughs> jack up the price. Yeah. Um, what What about those three? Yeah, I'd, I'd, six is is more than fair. They didn't do anything much when they came on. Just kind of killed the, the rest of the clock and called it called it a day pretty much. Right. What about Saturday? What What do you rate the car coach? Uh, I'll give him. I'll give him an eight. He had the right starting eleven, I think, with you know with what he had at his disposal. Um, the Douglas Costa substitution was a good time and and good move for him. So I think for the and then after that, all the substitutions were all pretty basic and just go out and and get some get get in a run and kill the game. So I think yeah, I think he he managed the game well. Had the right starting eleven, and uh, the Douglas Costa was uh, substitution was a, was a good one as well. So eight. Yeah, I think right now if it ain't fix if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, I agree with it eight. Uh, he's making the right subs now. We're not saying that he's tactically needing to make like crazy changes or anything like that or bust out a new formation or anything like that but i think for for us right now it's 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 pretty uh status quo on how how it's gonna play out but yeah i think he's done a good job so far Mm -hmm. Uh, and it seems like uh for whatever reason the players are linking up a hell of a lot better i just wish we figured this shit out a lot earlier (laughs) that would have been nice what can you do, guys? Um, let's go into some post-match comments. Obviously, Saturday was the was on the podium. 
um, as well as Bentoncourt was the lucky lucky guy who got to speak. Um, Bentoncourt obviously he uh, he was happy with the he had a good game that he had a good game. Um, the team obviously is doing well, although they still have to improve. Um, he's very happy, and uh, every game he's feeling better about his game and how he's playing. And um, obviously, the team's doing an incredible job. So just some basic, again, like I said, just basic breaking down some of the quotes that that were out there. Um, Sarri said the team did well today without conceding anything. Um, I believe in Serie A they have a 78 to 78% win rate. And um, he thinks it's the highest uh, percentage of a debut manager. I believe that was talked about. Someone brought that up on Twitter. Um, that he had the uh, the best record out of uh, him, Allegri, and uh, Conte after their first seasons. Um, so he was kind of giving it to the, the reporter on Sky. Uh, so he said, despite what you feel, the team is doing well and growing in a performance. I kind of take that with a grain of salt. It only takes one team to really kind of expose us in this in this formation. And then we got to go back to the drawing board. So... Again, while we've been playing teams that are that are more open, kind of like the Leches and the Bolognas and attacking a lot more, obviously then getting in situations where we can outplay them. Mm-hmm. Link up play is obviously an indi- and obviously individual creativity and and skill is coming out. But um, yeah, obviously he talked about uh, the Coppa Italia and how after the team reacted and. He really thinks it's only a physical problem now. Again, you could you could you can say the the opposite of that and say, well, how are other teams doing so well? You look at Atalanta, looks like they're coming back uh, stronger than they were before. Um, you look at Napoli's doing really decent, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it wasn't necessarily a physical problem in my opinion. Uh, I just think that. The link-up play was always a questionable part, uh, even looking back into the the first half of the season, if you want to call it that, or yeah. the first part of the season. But, uh, yeah, man, what, what do you think about his uh, first comments? Uh, he, he talked about Pjanic a little bit, just to kind of skip on quickly. Pjanic did well. He's calm. Uh, Rabiot, obviously, positive performance. Yeah. He uh, said, yeah, spoke well of, of Rabiot and how he's growing. Which, which I agree. I think he's, he's definitely gotten a lot better the past few games uh, from after the, the break. Because before the break, he was, like you said, he didn't look interested, didn't look like he wanted to play, didn't know what he was doing. So I think he's getting a little more involved now and he's understanding his tactics in the, in the Serie A game a little better. But um, with Sari saying, you know, the team is growing and they've been growing and this and that. I don't know about that because, like you said, you're playing you're playing competition like Bologna and Lecce and and Genoa. But what happens, you know, when we have to come? You know, Lazio's coming soon and Roma and Milan, uh, Atalanta, right? So that's going to be a real challenge to see if we can actually perform like this against you know better quality teams. And until then, you can't really say if the team's actually getting better or they're just paying weaker opponents. So that's that's going to be a real test. Yep, exactly. I agree 100%. And uh, one last like little tidbit of what he was saying. Um, he was about to replace Dybala. Shocker, everybody. Shocker. <laughs> and then they scored the third, so he subbed Cristiano because he had more minutes in his legs. 
I don't know what it is with this fucking guy. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we won't go too much further than that. Well, um, surpri- surprisingly, Ronaldo didn't seem too upset to get taken off. So that's a good thing. But Miracles, guys. Yeah, miracles. I don't know. Anyways, um, Juve Torino next uh, at the J Stadium. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a different time uh, for everybody. Obviously, 8.15 a.m. Pacific, 11.15 Eastern time, and obviously 9.15 if you're uh, lucky enough to be in the mountain region. Um, Derby de la Mole, obviously big rivalry, big games. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter what the positions are obviously sometimes we've steamrolled that shit out of them even though we're in tough times but uh yeah i think it's definitely gonna be interesting they have a lot to prove as well mm-hmm. um they lost just a close one obviously today to lazio um and i think there's gonna be a big motivation for them they're kind of sitting lower mid table um but i think you know as is Every derby uh, in Italy or in the world, uh, it's a big moment for both teams. Even if you're not doing so well, you know, one win against your rival can really uh, spark a, a turnaround or spark a good moment for your club, right? You know, you have something over uh, over your rivals, even if you're not necessarily on the same level. So, again, I think for us, it's going to be another big test. Um I think uh, it's gonna. We're gonna have to wait and see on how uh, Torino is gonna really match what we have. I believe we're gonna probably play the same formation, maybe tweak the midfield a little bit, depending on if Sadi wants rotation or not. But again, I wouldn't be shocked if it was the same lineup, mm-hmm. uh, barring any news coming out of someone getting a knock or something like that. Um, possible Buffon plays maybe I'm not 100% like I said I think uh, he's more likely probably to come uh, on against uh, Sassuolo Sassuolo yeah but um, yeah what do you think about this game coming up uh, Daniel Uh, I don't think it's gonna be you know a walk in the park like they think you know Torino's a a decently talented team you know having someone like Bellotti is is definitely a a top striker in in, in in the league so keep keep your eye on him. Um, it's and you know the atmosphere. Even though there's no fans, I'm sure that you know everyone's going to want to win. You know it's it's a derby just because you know there's no fans. It's still bragging rights and whatever else. So um, I don't. I I agree with you. I think that the formation and, and the lineup starting eleven will be f- pretty much the same unless he wants to play uh, Matuidi above Rabiot. That's that's a possible. That's one of the possibilities I could see. And. Um, but yeah, I think if we play like we did today, even though you know the competition's a little better, I think if we play the way similar way, you know, get the ball moving quickly, um, you know, we should be able to pull out a, a favorable result. So, yeah, no, and uh, let's see, let's leave it all out there. I mean, I think it's kind of too bad there's no fans. You know, obviously yeah. in these moments, um, it's it would be nice to see, and who knows, maybe we get to a place at the end of all this, uh, kind of towards August or. Maybe end of July where some fans are allowed to go back in um, and, you know, celebrate at least obviously hoping for the ninth Scudetto. But, uh, you know, give some, I think you get, you give a lot, you know, obviously we've had these games and I think it's done a lot for people. They've been 
able to take their mind off a lot of things. Um, and obviously some stuff that's already happened, right? Obviously people having relatives pass away uh, by the tens of thousands, obviously, mm-hmm. in Italy. Um, we've been a little bit luckier over here um, in Canada, at least. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's going to be big game, and I can't wait for it. I don't work on Saturday, so I'm so happy to watch this game live. Uh, watch, I have to work overtime. I just <laughs> jinxed it. I forgot to knock on, on wood. Um, but, uh, though, we'll definitely have, uh, obviously, a preview coming up. Uh, and then, obviously, again, a post-match uh, as usual. And... Um, Let's get into, before we uh, we get into the sentimental, nostalgic part of the show, let's, uh, let's finish off with these uh, questions that we were given. One, obviously, was from Iskander Juve Shaw. Uh, he said, should we start Costa, or is it better to play him in the last 65 minutes or so? What's your take, Daniel? Um, I, I touched on this a little earlier, and I... I it's not that I wouldn't want to see Costas try as a starter because I feel like he could be influential there as well. But I think you have a really good thing going with him coming off the bench at you know 60, 60 whatever, 65 minutes, whatever it is, and just being able to you know put pressure on a tiring defense you know with right. his feet, with his dribbling, with his pace. Um, and I, I like him. I prefer him as a super sub as of right now. Uh, maybe if there's an injury up top and, you know, you try him as, as a starter, maybe that'll change my mind. But I, I think right now, like we said, if it's, you know, if it's not broke, don't, don't, uh, don't change anything. Right. Yeah, I agree. Just for that fact, I would keep it the same as of right now. Um, obviously, it's going to depend, depending, depend all on uh, Bernardeski, what he's up to, right? Uh, if he's up for playing good football games, then football matches, excuse me, then, uh, yeah, we'll keep him in. If not, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, there might be, again, some rotation down the line. Who knows about what, uh, again, like you said, with injuries or fatigue or a, a knock here or there or yellow card accumulation, stuff like that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that affects us. Um, but, yeah, no, for right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. It seems to be working as of... As of late, let's keep it and see and build from there in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question uh, from Caltro Fan Blogs. Thank you, guys. Um, does Bernadeski have more chemistry with CR7 and Dybala? Or does Costa have, obviously, a better chemistry with those two from what you've seen? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say... Tough yes. question. Yeah, I'm going to say Bernadeski does have a little more chemistry only because he's a type of player... That doesn't need the ball constantly. He's easy. He can give it up or put in a good ball to DiBalo or Ronaldo. Give it up to them. Give a one-two. Make a run. Whereas Costa is more a person like um, like he someone needs who the needs ball. the ball. Yeah, exactly. He needs the ball with him. He needs you know to be creative to do something to beat a man. Um, he does, he won't make the similar runs without the ball like Bernardeschi will. I find and. Um, and I think a little more defensively, Bernardeschi's a better cover for the other two, especially Ronaldo's not a you know a stellar defensive player. So I feel like Bernardeschi covers them a little bit that way. Um, yeah, I, I like the way the, the three have played so far. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Bernardeschi. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree because I mean it's it's definitely been a small sample size, obviously with this four three three. 
And um, I kind of, again, look back to the games where Douglas Costa was starting with those two. And again, we've definitely were lacking now. That's that's kind of tough to say. And, and that's why I, I, I take the stance. I mean, you could say Alexandro was, was, was the same way uh, in the first half of the season, and that's fine. Um, but just looking at it, I think now in general it's a little bit we kind of have to look at what we've seen so far. And unfortunately, those two games where uh, Douglas Costa was, uh, or yeah, those few games where Douglas Costa was starting, uh, the whole team didn't look great at all anyway. Mm -hmm. So can you say that that was the link? Maybe that's what was the reason, possibly. Uh, I don't think uh, I'm a little reserved in my judgment in terms of saying that. Uh, because I think it was just colossally uh, just garbage efforts when you t you look at the link up between all the players, not necessarily just Costa and the and the other two that we mentioned. Um, last one from Michael in the WhatsApp group. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, sell Douglas Costa or Bernardeschi or both or keep both. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends if they decide to bring in a winger or not. Like if they decide to bring in Ferran Torres, um, I think or at Kulisevsky. this point. Uh, yeah. Yes, or Um I think you would need to get rid of one of them. And my guess would be your return on Douglas Costa would probably be better than what you can get on Bernardeschi. So I would say Costa. Yeah, it's, it's a tough question because, um, again, you got to look at it a whole bunch of ways, right? Obviously, Bernardeschi's probably going to be a guy that's going to be moved more of in the peninsula uh, mm -hmm. to a team that's maybe either high mid-table or mid-table, you could say, probably to get a fresh start. Or maybe even a team like Napoli could look into him if we're looking at Milik. Again, it's all circumstantial, right, who we're looking uh, to pick up in, in, in the transfer window because... I, I think for now, we're obviously they're both staying till the end of the season. Mm -hmm. At that point, then there's a lot of questions in general because what direction we think we're moving, how hard are we pushing to get a fullback, mm -hmm. uh, are we going to keep the club like we've done before and say it's okay, just picking up Arthur. These are questions that need to be answered. Um, for me, Douglas Costa, I'm not sure because his injury. I'm sure his injuries scare a lot of teams, right? So. I don't know, and then it's it's all yeah. based on the players. I, it's a really tough question because yeah. uh, we're all kind of all of these uh, all of our all of fans all of fans over the social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, wherever. We all don't necessarily know the direction that Paratici. We can speculate to what you think he's going to go and do next, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is what I always say: with uh, until the until they do the announcement and the contract signed, really. It's it's yeah. anybody's clue of to what direction because we don't know what's going to come up and who wants to go and who doesn't want to go. You know, there's a long couple months ahead of us, right? So, mm -hmm. well, just just to add on to that, I think with Bernardeschi and even Kuliszewski for that matter, the both of them are they're a little more versatile than Douglas Costa is when it comes to position wise. Um, right. Yeah, they can they can move around a little bit. You know, could play a little deeper in the midfield. Or on the other wing, whereas Costa's pretty much an out and out winger, and the, and like you said, you know he has a, he's collected a lot of injuries. So how many chances are you going to give this guy before you're 
you know, you deem him right. f- uh, just an injury, uh, an injured player. So that's something you got to consider as well. Yep. No, definitely. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think it's been uh, a pretty good pod so far. So, um, what, uh, any topics do you, you, you want to bring up? Is there anything, uh, kind of things you want to throw in, um, before we get into, like I said, the nostalgic, uh, mem- the memory lane moments of, uh, the podcast. The only thing that I, well, that I saw today that, that made me a little upset was Hakimi going to Inter. I thought, you know, we needed a fullback, a right, you know, a right-sided fullback. I know he's right with Dortmund. He's playing more of a wing-back position, but young, talented, fast, like what, uh, that, that would have been a, a, a pretty good signing for, you know, to fill one of our, our holes, but maybe they have a plan and a different plan that I don't know about. I'm hoping so. So, um, but you know, when you're one of your, your top rivals is just getting, you know, signing top players and getting better for next season, it's got to make you worry a little bit. Right. So yeah, I guess exactly. We'll and I'm just making sure to get this, uh, podcast out there, but yeah, guys definitely check it out with Al. We definitely talked about Paratici and Marotta and, I think, uh, again, I mean, Al's not worried. I'm not necessarily worried either about Merda, but um, because I definitely think we have the the cards are definitely in our hands. But sometimes I find we like to piss that away. So <laughs> definitely there's there, there needs to be some changes. And uh, definitely uh, just to, to say as we speak right now, the tweet is going out. Um, we got it. Uh, so I'm just doing it right now while I'm uh, while we're talking. But uh, yeah, everything's set up for that one. So definitely check it out. Uh, tomorrow, I'm definitely going to be putting up obviously our podcast that we're talking about right now. Kind of wanted to give it a little bit of separation. Uh, you know, let let it breathe a little bit. Because um, I, I found the last few ones, they, you know, they're right on top of each other. So I, I don't. Uh, expect everybody, especially you know, when the game is going to be coming up uh, the next day, and everybody's obviously in their different time zones, right? So it's tough for people to mm-hmm. obviously enjoy. But um, yeah, guys, definitely check that one out. Uh, it was it's not too long, and it's just uh, two guys that you know debating on uh, you know different things and what, how we feel. So you know, nothing. And again. Comment on on what you think of those opinions. Who's am I? Am I talking out of my ass? Like probably a lot of you think now. <laughs> but um, no. But seriously, yeah. Uh, it's just let me know. Leave me a comment on that. But uh, getting back to this one, um, let's hear some of your UV memorable moments. Obviously, you've told me you haven't been to the J Stadium. So again, uh, I wish you luck and hope for the hope for you a quick. Uh, turnaround on when you can go see Juve uh, live because it's definitely well, again, a hell of an experience. It's unfortunate because the plan was to go this summer to catch a Euro and then possibly stay out long enough to catch you know the beginning of the season, but that got ruined. Uh, unfortunately, I hear it all, I've heard that I don't know how many times now, but anyways, yeah. I feel bad uh, for all you guys. Yeah. Um, one of my my best moments was uh, quite a, a few years ago. Anyways. Um, Juve and, uh, came to Toronto uh, at the, the Rogers Centre where the, the Blue Jays play, and they played a Fiorentina in a friendly, like a preseason friendly. 
um, you know, like obviously most of the big names didn't play. It was just, you know, a, you know, it was good to see some some decent, you know, young talent. Right. And then uh, later in the second half, Del Piero came on, so I got to watch him live for for a little while, and that was, you know, it was always growing up as a, he was always an icon, a, you know, a legend to me, one of my favorite players growing up, and it was just great to see him, you know, live, you know, right there, and uh, I'll definitely. Won't forget that, and uh, you know. His... Okay, I don't. I don't feel so bad about you not going to see you. You know, <laughs> you got to see Del Piero, so whatever. Kind of makes up for it, right? <laughs> and um, you know, his his performance at the Bernabeu um, in the Champions League, his two goal performance in that game. Uh, that that's a, that's a classic. That's a classic game for sure. That's a good one. Yeah, definitely, and. Um... I think uh, that was, yeah, like one of the defining, like really stands out for me as well. Mm. Um, because again, I, I found it was really, you know, when, when you're looking at all these games and there's so many games in the back of my head, um, obviously games in Europa League when we're, we're struggling just after we come back uh, from Serie B. Uh, you look at obviously we played Man City, we played, uh, I remember Shamrock Rovers in. In, in a snowy pitch with an orange ball, um, it's lots of memories, man. So, it's, but that one definitely to me yeah. in Champions League, obviously in the if you want to say 2000 to 2010, uh, yeah, those two legs were incredible. Obviously, you throw in the Champions League final, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, definitely some huge moments, and that was you know. That was kind of really defining, especially from where we were, uh, you know, at that point and yeah. still being able to put in that performance. And, you know, you look at the, the I talk about this all the time with the different UVA fans when, when we bring up that game. Uh, you look at the lineup and you just sit back and smile and you're <laughs> just like, ow, ow. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, how? But that's you know that's what that's what I like. That's when I see a team that can really, when you play as a team and you're on the same level and you guys know exactly where you need to go and you know exactly what you have to do and you know exactly how you're going to be successful and what role you're going to provide to the team so that we can get the win. I think that's just just as good, if not better, than talent than talent Mm -hmm. majority of the time because. You know, a good plan, a good, uh, and then being able to execute just as good or better. And, yeah. and that time it showed it was better because that Real Madrid team was stacked, man. Yeah. And uh, really uh, just made them look like fools in their own field and in their own stadium and just in general that year because, you know, sure, I guess that year wasn't necessarily memorable uh so much after that but uh still i think it's uh i think it's huge in terms of uh you know showing what perseverance showing what yeah. a team hard loyalty work. hard work all that shit right so uh yeah no awesome moments uh anything anything else that sticks out in 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 your mind uh, one of the more recent ones would be the 2-1 uh Two-one victory over Tottenham in the Champions League. The Dybala and Higuain goals to lift them over, and then the the post uh, the post-match conference of Kalini saying how uh, how Tottenham always yeah they're always they're always <laughs> a bunch of chokes. So that was that was a classic. I thought that was funny. 
um, yeah, you you could go through memories, you know. Forever. Oh yeah. But uh, oh, that's what I mean, and that's why I like that's why I like this segment because if someone necessarily hasn't been to the stadium or hasn't been to Torino or whatever, maybe they went to Del Alpi or maybe they've seen a game in the U.S. or in Asia or. Uh, uh, where in the Middle East, maybe they picked, uh, they they were able to go see a Supercopa game or something. Mm-hmm. All of that is 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 cool to hear because, or even like I said, bringing up memories because it's just you know brings us of the old times. You know, I find again today, obviously, there's a lot of corporate corporatization, branding, and mm-hmm. we've gotten a little bit away from kind of what we stand for, but. At a cost, you know, there's there's pros, there's cons to that. Um, obviously, there's goals that we that we're we're looking to achieve, and this is kind of the route that a lot of teams obviously have to go. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, to help us being Juventus being behind, you know, the big boys uh, with the massive revenue and fan bases around the world, so. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I love it. I, I really love talking about Juve, um, even if it's something to, to little. For me in that game where I was in particular, um, I was up north in Alberta uh, in a, uh, I want to say it's a natural gas site. And um, we had just a couple things to do left. Um, and we kind of went on a little bit of a walk. I believe it was like a couple kilometers so. We had to go away from the, the truck, but I don't know, for whatever reason, I had enough bars and I just, I, I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm going to probably pay through, through my ass, but I just put on my L, I put on my LTE, I put the UEFA, obviously, because it was in English, I think they spaced, they were spaced out enough that they were showing each game individually at that point, but put the UEFA app on, put the radio on, and we were just listening to it for the pat the uh from exactly i believe it was from the 60th minute on and uh yeah that was probably a pretty big bill but whatever it was worth yeah. it i guess it's kind of sucked after that when we played real but whatever yeah. well, you know the small things for the right? memory yeah exactly yeah. you got to take the small things the small things but um yeah man thank you uh thank you so much for coming on thanks um, for having me dan Again, uh, we'll have you on in the future. I guarantee it because you know there's so many there's so many people that are, are wanting to come on, and it's 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 tough because what'll happen is I'll get a lull and then I'll I'll reach out and then I'll get like five to ten people being like, hey, okay, when can you schedule me in? And I'm like, well, shit, I just scheduled everyone in in the past like. 10 minutes and now i have the six excess so guys if i don't get you in now we will definitely work something out i know it's tough with time zones and stuff like that but we will definitely work it out and uh again like i've been saying there's plenty of games even beyond what's going to happen this season uh we're kicking off right into the next season so plenty of time to have you on um uh and Actually, a question for you guys out there. Do you want to see multiple guests at a time? I know I've been questioned. Uh, I've been kind of, obviously, we've had a couple uh, where we've had a couple uh, where we were going to have a few or, and obviously some didn't pan out and a, a couple did. But uh, how do you, do you guys like the one-on-one? 
do you guys want a couple uh, obviously some more opinions obviously at the same time they might go on a little bit longer because obviously you gotta uh, cover or maybe we'll talk about you know certain topics specifically so that it's not as uh, uh, it's a little bit more condensed for you um, but yeah let me know because uh, I definitely was asked today if someone could join obviously what we're doing tonight and uh, uh, I think just because of the timing it wasn't necessarily going to work obviously thank you for staying up because uh, I had to watch the game obviously after work like I've said and uh, so yeah I appreciate you guys when you when you do me a solid and uh, you stay up obviously during certain hours um, and don't worry I'll bear I will definitely get I will definitely get back for get get you back on uh like we got to figure that one out. That's on the top of my list. But um, anyways, guys, uh, appreciate. Obviously, again, I'll say it. Appreciate you coming on, Daniel. I don't want to forget. You do definitely write. You do, produ- you do produce content for it was the World Football Index, if I got that correctly. That's correct. Check it out, guys. Uh, I love promoting other people. Um, I just think it's the right thing to do. Uh I, I, I don't think this is going to be my end-all, be-all uh, as, as a career per se, at least for, for now. But it's been a hell of a lot of fun to speak to a lot of great Juve fans, different opinions, different uh, personalities, different uh, stories. It's just been a lot of fun. And, uh, but again, you can follow all that and more on Juventinita, D-A-L, on Twitter and Instagram. Check the podcast, Juventinita. Back to Black and White podcast, obviously on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. Um, and uh, yeah, just check out those links. Like I said, if you could do me a solid and subscribe to any one of those, uh, pass the message on to any one of those, uh, to anyone who hasn't particularly watched or, you know, uh, has watched, you know, spread the word. It's always good. So, uh, uh, definitely helps me out in the in the long term. So, again, guys, always stay stay tuned to Twitter. That's going to be kind of my number one uh, uh, drop for when it comes out first, and then I kind of go into the different groups uh, and distribute the the links. But yeah, definitely Twitter is the is going to be your best bet. So just stay tuned for that. Um, obviously, the next guest is going to be doing the preview, and that is going to be Juventino Drew. Um, He's going to be coming on, so that's going to be good. And uh, as always, fino alla fine, Forza Juventus. Ciao, guys. Thank you.